everybody. It's Pastor Jen here at the International Christian Fellowship Rome. I want to thank you for joining the online service today. As we finish summer and we move into this new season of fall and maybe new work uh, responsibilities and children's ministry and um, young adult ministry here at ICF Rome and online, I want you to know I'm praying for you. This service that you're joining today is truly a moment for you to get refilled with the power of God for the next week. So I have prayed that as you enter into worship, as you enter into listening to the word of God, that you will say to the Lord, what do I need for this week that God will make me stronger, that will make my faith the living proof to those around me? So I welcome you today, and I pray that God gives you a wonderful word of encouragement as you join the service. So much. We're going to take communion together. And then I'm just going to tell you what God has put on my heart. I'm going to tell you even about communion, um, what God has put on my heart. But can we just take a minute and say, God, you are doing a breakthrough in me. Can you just hold your hands like this for just a minute? You know, uh, this to me signifies that I'm not saying only if I want to, God, or only this far. When I come to God with my hands up, it's kind of like, really, surrender and fill me up. So, Father... I pray that you fill me up with your double portion anointing. I pray as we receive communion that you fill us up with the love and forgiveness and and blessing and gratitude for what you did on the cross and that you let your word truly transform our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you should have a communion cup. It's the first Sunday of the month, and every first Sunday of the month, we do as Jesus commanded us in this church to partake of the Lord's Supper. If you did not get a cup, please lift your hand. They will serve you. Anyone who did not get their cups, keep your hands up while they're bringing those cups. And you have an individual cup. You'll peel back the first layer. Um, that has your wafer in it. Then you'll peel back the second layer for the juice. And if you're online, I welcome you to take a minute, go and grab your juice and your bread, even if you're watching this a little bit later. You know, I want to say thank you to the online family. So many people find us online before they find us here. I want you to know that there's people that are in our online congregation that write me every week to say, I'm going to miss Wednesday, but I'll watch on Thursday. I had to go to work late on Wednesday night. I'm giving something for the work of the ministry. I thank you to the online campus. I want you to know numbers count because they represent people, and people count to God. Amen? Let me say it again. Numbers count because they represent people, and people count to God. So you may see in this room, you may think, oh, I can get a chair. No problem. Listen. I got there early, Inala, and I was on the prayer team list at the Noi Festival, but I still had to wait in line and got inside. Um, Numbers count because people count, and people count to God. And I'm telling you, next Sunday, you better be here early. You're going to put all your food over there, but God wants to do something. This right here, communion, remembering what he did on that cross, remembering that, isn't it cool? There's not nobody hanging on that cross. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's communion, but I can be happy about what Jesus did. I am so thankful that my Savior is not buried in a tomb somewhere in this city where I go and pay my respects to his stone body. He is 
seated at the right hand of God the Father. And he is saying to you and I today, we serve open communion, which means you don't have to be a regular attender or leader or a member of this church. But we do what scripture says. It is a holy ordinance. And so I ask you to examine your hearts. When we take the bread, it represents what Jesus did on the cross for your healing. It says, by his stripes, we are healed. Some versions say we were healed. It's already done. It's already done. When we take the blood, it symbolizes what he did on the cross by shedding his blood, making a sacrifice for you and me so we don't have to. But we do have to, as Inala said, partner with him. We, he did it whether you accept him or not. But every day, I'm telling you, as a pastor, I've had a privilege of being in some amazing services, even in the last five days. My heart is full of gratitude for what Jesus does for me every day. And I want him to do the same for you. I want you to open up your heart. Isaiah 53, 5 says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. As we examine ourselves, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three 23 says, I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. It always strikes me that he didn't stop fellowship with the disciples, even though he knew some would turn against him. Some would deny him. He still said, come on, I want to break bread with you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, and you will do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Verse 27 says, so whoever drinks the bread, eats the bread, and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. So I'm going to ask you to take a minute, maybe 30 seconds. Close your eyes. Say to the Lord, Jesus, examine my heart. If there's any sin, if there's any disobedience, if there's any doubt in me, Jesus, I invite you now to cleanse my heart and my mind. Jesus, I invite you now to be the Lord of my heart. I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness. And I thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross. If you have sickness in your body or you have sickness in a relationship or you have sickness in a circumstance, you know, sometimes the sickness gets on a lot of areas. I believe today, we've heard it in our prayer room over there. We've heard it in the songs. You're not going to go the same way you came today. I'm telling you, you're not. And in this moment, as we take this bread together, I want you to say to the Lord, I'm not picking up that symptom of sickness again. I'm not picking up that old injury of sickness or betrayal again. By his stripes, you are healed in Jesus' name. Father, as we take the bread together, may we receive once and for all the confidence that healing has already been done for our body, mind, and spirit. I thank you for your healing. I thank you for the stripes you bore. And we bless your name as we take the bread together. Amen.
same way, as you prepare your cup, I want you to say to Jesus in your own words, thank you. Thank you. I want you to imagine, you're preparing your cup right now, but I want you to imagine, I don't know if they had beautiful music on some kind of shofar or something playing. I think they did. I think Jesus liked to have fellowship. He served food all the time when he fed the 5,000, when he was with the disciples. He made it all around everywhere, right? He loved to have fellowship because he knew what he came to do, redeem you. By his name, you are revealed. You are, you are redeemed in Jesus' name. So, Father, as we take this juice with you, a symbol of shedding your blood for us, we honor you today. We honor you. Help us to honor you with our life. Help us to honor you with our beliefs. And we receive the forgiveness of sins as we confess to you and invite you to clean us from the head to the toe, from inside out. God, I pray for the ones who are saying to you right now, maybe privately, forgive me, that publicly they will begin to change and transform and declare and decree. I will not be the same as I was yesterday. I will be new and different by the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, let's take together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Solomon. Thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, this month starts Missions Month. I welcome all of our new friends and people that are here for the first time. I especially want to welcome... Um, Colleagues of mine, Assembly of God World Missionaries that are working in Sicily, Pastor Chris and Heidi Ness, would you just stand and greet everybody, like give them a hand, yeah, we're so happy, um, we were just with Chris in Fuji for the Italian Assemblies of God meetings, and Heidi was with her daughter who had just come home from a very difficult place, and I pray they had great blessing, and then they surprised me and said, hey, we're coming tomorrow, so I really, I'm honored and thankful that you're here, and I pray that your, your cup gets filled to overflowing as you're here. Um, so you'll understand this picture, Chris and Heidi, but this month we're talking about Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We're doing providing proof, right? He provides the proof that he's with you, that he'll take care of you. And I want to say to you, that means no limits. Say no limits. No limits. He does not have a limit to how he blesses you. But we have to cultivate the covenant. It's a two-way street, right? So this picture is actually a picture of a missionary from way back in the times when people would say, God, I want to be the proof that you are Lord of my life. And they would literally take their coffins that they would be buried in and they would pack all their belongings from whatever country they came from. And they would sail across the sea, across the water to some other land. Knowing that I'll be coming back in this box. I mean, that's a covenant, right? If, if you're married, maybe you said the vows till death do us part. But isn't it cool that with Jesus, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So even death cannot stop the covenant that I have with Jesus Christ. Yes, we're going to stand in heaven one day. And yes, it's going to be amazing. But we have to cultivate the covenant. And so uh, I'm so full. It's just like it's just going to spill over for the next couple of weeks. I'm just telling you. But um, in Fuji, with about 5,000 Italians... 
and a few American and other missionaries that got to go. Um, one thing that was so amazing, so I'm going to let us practice this for a minute. One thing that was so amazing is they had beautiful music and they played the music. And then when the music stopped to go to the next song, there was no silence, but there was no piano. You know what happened? The people, 5,000 of them, began to pray in tongues. They began to pray. They were interceding for what was coming next. You could hear the roar of praise. So can we for just a moment, if you know Jesus, if you know how to pray and lift your voice, you don't have to scream it, but can we just lift our voice for a minute? I love you, Jesus. Come on. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. I magnify you. I came expecting you today. God, we want to fill this atmosphere with our praise. We want to open our hearts to you. Oh, God, we love you we worship you let your holy spirit and your glory descend on this room as we cultivate the covenant that you are jehovah jireh hallelujah 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 yes lord yes lord yes lord i love you i bless you jesus hallelujah thank you for that Thank you for that. I then had the privilege to serve as an altar worker last night at the Noi Festival, the Billy Graham Crusade. If you did not get inside last night, there were many of ours that were outside sending pictures. And we're like, sorry, we're in a different section. We can't get out. But I'm telling you, if you're going, it's today too. And if you're going, you need to be there by 3, 3.30 at the latest. The ones who got there at 4.30 did not get a band. Okay? It starts at 6.00. And here's what I felt, too. Like, the P I thought I would, I was getting there at 3.30. I'll find a parking spot. No, no. All the parking was full. Buses were there. People were there. And people were expecting something. But here is what was so awesome. I had an assignment. Pray with anybody who comes forward. And they prepared us. As Anala said, there was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff happening that they might not respond right at first. Don't get nervous. They will. And they might not want to sign the card right at first to say, I want somebody to pray for me. Just keep gently encouraging them. It's a good thing to let people know that you're making a decision to walk with Jesus. So when it was time to go down, and Franklin Graham said, if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, come on down. A few people went. And wherever you're sitting, if you're an altar worker, you're supposed to, when you see someone go so that, here, I'm teaching y'all for a minute, right? When you see someone go to the altar, we don't want anybody to go to the altar alone. Hear me? So as you see someone go to the altar and you're a prayer warrior, you gently just walk and stand beside them so they don't feel alone. So I had the privilege of standing by what I thought at first was a mother and a daughter. The daughter was nine years old. Then I realized that there was another lady that was like the mother's friend, and she was with them too. And I was trying to figure out if she was an auntie or because she was really watching over them. Like, what are we doing down here? And why? Just let's just make sure we're all secure. I want you to know that mother, that nine-year-old daughter, and that friend prayed to invite Jesus in their heart. And when I had the card, wait, when I had the card, we're going to clap. But when I had the card to write their name, they didn't want to write their name at first. They're like, we never did this before. We never did this before. I'm like, okay, well, one of the things we're supposed to find out is where are you from so we can connect you with a church or a family of faith somewhere. They were from Puglia. They came all the way from Puglia to Rome. And they said, we never did this before. 
We never prayed before. I'm not sure we want to give our name to anything. So I talked with them in my best Italian. <laughs> um, and then when I kind of hit a roadblock for a second with the, the friend, I, I called another worker that spoke better Italian. She explained a little bit more. This nine-year-old girl, I believe her name was Frederica. She was saying, Mommy, Mommy, write it down. Mommy, we have to tell them the address. Mommy, tell them where we live so they'll pray for us. And the, the friend was going, just a minute, just a minute. But she was saying, Mommy, Mommy, I want them to pray for you. I want them to pray for me. And she, that nine-year-old girl, took her mommy's phone because she said, I don't know the zip code or the cap or whatever of Puglia and where we're from. She looked it up. She goes, Mom, it's zero, zero, blah, blah, blah. She said it. She wrote it down. She filled it out. And then the mom said, thank you. It's the first time anyone's ever prayed with me. That is cultivating the covenant. I didn't pack a coffin to come to Rome, but I did pack a lot of stuff. <laughs> but you know what? Those of you that know our story, Pastor Rick did present a picture to the mission board when we left America that said, pack the coffin. And he was the missionary designated to tell the mission board in America, I'm going forever. I'm not coming back. We didn't know that two years ago the Lord would say suddenly, well done, good and faithful servant. So this picture and this message is very personal to me. I didn't pack my stuff and go home. I packed something and came because I want to pray with Frederica. I want to pray with her mom. I want to know that there will be somebody praying over them in the next few days. I want to cultivate the covenant. Amen. Yeah, so now you can clap. Woohoo! And they joined about 500 other people. I don't know how many was down there in that space, and this was so cool. Even the security in the arena was kind of like, stop, stop. Nobody else can go on the stage. And so there was people lined up saying, I want to pray. So I don't know about all the people, but I know about the three people I prayed for. First time, not from Rome, but they will get connected. Amen. So this morning, I also want to tell you um, that we're going to, I'm going to share scripture with you. But I felt like it was very important as we think about new people, new people that are just getting to know Jesus, say the Holy Bible. Holy Bible. That means it's the holy inspired word of God. And I, I said, you know, sometimes we say, wow, we want you to get the word. And they're probably like, what word? Italian word, English word, uh, Kenyan word, Zambian. What word are you talking about? I'm talking about the Holy Bible. And so as we look at the Bible, I want you to remember, I love that yesterday, Pastor Franklin Graham, who both pulled up a picture. We had Billy Graham, if you've ever heard of him, who did these, you know, huge crusades. Then we have Franklin Graham, his young son, and his little boy, Will Graham, in a picture from a long time ago. Yesterday, where we were sitting, we could see Franklin, the son of Billy Graham, who's now gone on to, to his eternal glory. We could see Will, the little boy that is now a giant man. And we could see other family members that were praying over Franklin before he approached the stage to preach the word. From one generation to the next, believing the word of God. So I wanted to give you just a little bit of instruction. What proof do we have that... The Bible is inspired. The Bible itself says in 2 Timothy 3.16, you'll have to write it down, that there, this holy scripture is the inspiration of God. 
Holy Scripture is inspiration of God. So I also want to tell you that we have fulfilled prophecies. You can look in Isaiah when he said, Behold, a lamb will come, and he'll be led like a lamb to slaughter. Right? And then it happened. Jesus was that lamb, that sacrifice. Regarding Jesus, the Bible predicted hundreds of years in advance that, among other things, he would be born of a virgin, Isaiah 7, 14. He would be born in Bethlehem, Micah 5, 2. He would be introduced by a messenger who was John the Baptist, Isaiah 40, verse 3. He would be rejected by the Jews, Isaiah 53. He would be pierced in his side from Zechariah 12, 10 in the Old Testament and John chapter 19, verse 34 in the New Testament. And he would suffer crucifixion. Each of these prophecies were fulfilled exactly as they were predicted hundreds of years before. Now, you need to understand if you live or visiting this city of Rome, this is where Peter and Paul walked. You can go to the Mamertine prison where Paul was held in chains before he knew he would be in a coffin. The unity of the Bible is proof of its inspiration. It was written by about 40 authors over an approximate 1,500-year period in three languages on three continents. Its authors range from kings to shepherds, scholars, and fishermen. Yet it offers a consistent theme as each one of those people wrote something. There is a theme from Genesis to Revelation. God creates. In the beginning, God creates. In the beginning of your life, God creates. Then he gives you a choice. You can do anything you want, but don't do that. And they chose to disobey. And then he says, but I came to redeem you. So you are going to have to leave this place of blessing in this beautiful Garden of Eden, but I'm going to redeem your family. And that story and that message is repeated throughout Scripture. God creates. He gives us a choice. Sometimes we don't choose right. He offers a Savior on that cross to redeem us. Amen? And you can look at many if you like historical and archaeological findings to support the Bible as well, but I want you to know that. In Philemon, it's a book in the Bible, New Testament. I want you to look in chapter 1, verses 4 through 7. I want you to understand that it is written by Paul the epistle to Philemon, and it was composed around A.D. 57 to 62 by Paul while he was in that Mamertine prison. Early date, or more likely from Rome, a later date, in conjunction with the composition of Colossians. Now, how many of you know, if you told somebody you did such and such on a certain day, maybe I went shopping on this day in November, and then later somebody else was like, Anala, remember that day when you went shopping in November? And Anala's like, no, that wasn't November, that was October. Nevertheless, you went shopping. It's a true story. We got the date a little bit confused, right? So I want you to understand that when we look at Scripture, it's not trying to say it's not true. It's trying to say, what is the message that the Holy Spirit has inspired through this continuous word of God? Now, those of you that are young, you like text messages and social media. I do, too. It keeps me connected all over the world. But I want you to know this is God's text message to us. So he writes, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective, deepening your understanding of every good thing we share. Wait, go back. Of every good thing we share, go back to verse 5. 
for the sake, sorry, everything we share for the sake of Christ. Everything we share, everything we receive, everything is for the sake of Christ. We do it for him. Amen. Verse 7 says, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. And I want to say to you today, do you belong to the Lord? Do you really belong to Jesus? Or do you only give him one day a week? Like Pastor Jen, ooh, be careful. I can't, I can't because the Holy Spirit has stirred something in me from August when I was with 10,000, 15,000 people at the general council of, of ministers around the globe. And as I was in Madrid with 10,000 ministers from around the world talking about there's a spiritual famine in our world. As I was with 5,000 Italians here in Italy, as I was with, I don't know, 25 or 30,000 last night, I keep hearing the Lord say, it's forever. This covenant I have with mankind, with the men and the women and the boys and the girls that I have created is for a covenant that will last. If I know that, I know everything I need to know about Jesus. It lasts. It's permanent. And so do you know him. 2 Timothy 2.19 says, Nevertheless, that means no matter what. Can you say that? No matter what. No matter what. No matter what, nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. We, if we come to God and think, I don't have to repent, you just going to. He does take us as we are. That's true. But what was so beautiful is Pastor Franklin, even yesterday, and in every every place I've been lately being filled up myself said there's no sin can enter heaven if you disobey God's word if you disobey his values if you disobey the things he's written in his huge giant text message to you you're walking in wickedness you're walking in your own self-control and God is saying I want you to walk away from that and trust me a missionary David Livingstone said God send me anywhere only go with me. Now, I believe looking at this audience today, most of us came here to this city for some uh, purpose, university, job, in search of a better life, maybe a friend of a friend or a family member said, okay, let's go to Italy or I'm going to send you to Italy. David Livingstone was a great missionary who said, send me anywhere, but go with me. How many of us pray for God to do something? He does it, and then we're like, no, not that. Never mind, I didn't mean that. I take it back. I don't want you to do that. He said, I sent you there. I sent you to Rome. I knew what was going to happen in 2020. I knew what was going to happen in 2021. I know what's going to happen in 2023. I know what's going to happen in your 2024. Trust me, I have a covenant with you. I know you. You're mine. He said, Livingstone said, lay any burden on me. Just sustain me through the burden. Would you pray that? Lay any burden on me, any heaviness, any sorrow, any grief, any turmoil. Go ahead, lay it on me. Just sustain me as I walk through it, Lord. That is a commitment to covenant. He said, sever any tie in my heart except the tie that binds my heart to you. Take anything out of my heart that does not bind me 
to Jesus Christ. In May 1873, at Chitambo, in what is now northern Zambia, according to what I read, Livingstone's African helpers found him dead, kneeling by the bedside as if he was praying for the people he came across the waters to tell about Jesus. Not, you know, I know you're like, wow, this is like, life is short. And it's also amazing. Say amazing. It is also amazing when you walk with Jesus. The adventures you have, I mean, yes, give God praise. So this morning, I'm going to give you some quick points. I got to do all this in like 10 minutes. So people with a mission have a great expectation that he will be Jehovah Jireh. I didn't come with lack of expectation. I believe you came today with some kind of expectation. Maybe you're like, I want to see what it is. I'm expecting them to speak English. If you look at online, uh, I'm expecting some worship. People with a mission have a great expectation that he will be Jehovah Jireh. If you don't have that, God can give you that expectation today. People with a mission embrace the two-way covenant with Jehovah. If God is giving you a mission, it's not just like, okay, thank you, God. I'm just receiving, 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 receiving. No, it's a two-way partnership. And Nala said it. I love how God orchestrates things in our services. We didn't talk about what would be said at offering and what would be said here. But it's a two-way covenant. People with a mission demonstrate great faith in the seasons of not yet. Anybody in that not yet season, like you're waiting on something? Come on. There's something, right? There's something you're waiting on. It hadn't happened yet. But people that are here with a mission, knowing God called my name. He knows my address. He knows when my address changes. And I will continue to demonstrate great faith even in the season of not yet. And let me just say this too. Sometimes we expect other people to meet our expectations. And God is saying, not yet. I'm going to do it. And when I do it, you're going to give glory to me, not glory to any person. Amen? But some things don't come without prayer and fasting. So you can't just be there like, okay, God, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I want that prize. I want something. You have to be in partnership with him. You have to say, in this season of not yet, I'm going to have great faith. I'm going to walk into that place as if the joy of the Lord is just overflowing in me, even though maybe I cried my eyes out the night before. No, I didn't, but I'm just saying maybe. People with a mission demonstrate great faith in the season of not yet. You could read about some of those missionaries, and there's a beautiful place in Ghana that has a whole historical museum that I got to go to. And those missionaries, some of them sowed seed that they never saw grow, but now there's churches planted in those countries. My friends Chris and Heidi were missionaries in Africa before they came to Italy. I know they know what I'm talking about. People with a mission know God's heart, and they see the people's heart. Now, I don't have time to do what I was going to do, so I'm going to come back to this one next week. But I just want you to know, everybody has a heartbeat. Can you feel your heartbeat? I feel my heartbeat. If you have a phone, it probably tells you, like, what your heartbeat is doing. And Mine gets all excited on Sundays, but... <laughs> 1 Peter 1, 3, 6, and 7 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And so now we live with what? 
great expectation. Did you come to this week? Did you come to last week thinking, oh, I have an expectation that the bus is going to be late, that my boss is going to be mad, that I'm not going to do well on my homework? Or did you? Through the transforming power of Jesus Christ. I have experienced it. I have experienced God change the DNA and the way I think about obstacles and seeing them as an opportunity. Now, one thing I have to do in this covenant with him is say, okay, God, this feels hard. I don't know how this is going to work. And then he says, just trust me. Step out on nothing and feel it become something like he did when he stepped on the water. Step out on nothing and feel it become something. As you step out in faith, as you step up here later and stand by somebody in prayer, as you join us in the prayer room, if you haven't left yet, I want you to know God is going to do something in your life. And we live with that great expectation. I'm going to go fast, but I know you're taking notes. So I want you to cultivate the covenant, and here's why. We've been commanded to do so. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15. I don't need any other reason. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He didn't say missionaries go into all the world. He didn't say worship team go into all the world. He didn't say these people go into all the world. He said, all of us go into all the world and share the good news of Jesus Christ. We don't need any other reason to follow him. The second is because hell truly exists. We all want to go to heaven, but it's kind of like, oh, I don't want to talk about hell. I don't want you to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. But it's a real, if, if heaven's real, if the Bible's real, if we can see that it was prophesied in the Old Testament and it came true in the New Testament, then hell is real. And here's what I feel as your pastor. I know we have guests with us today, but I'm telling you that if, you, if this is your church, hear my heart. Every Sunday to me is a heaven or hell opportunity. Every Sunday is a life or death opportunity. I don't ever want to walk through that door. I don't want any of my leadership team to walk through that door thinking, I just want God to bless me. That's what I'm coming for. I want you to come saying, God, maybe it's a handshake. Maybe it's touching a little girl and saying, what's your zip code? I want you to know, we come into God's house. We set an atmosphere here. And the other thing I want you to know is, Not only do I want someone to know Jesus for the first time, I want you to keep knowing him. This year, I lost someone, not in death, a friend who turned away from God and took a few people with him. And it broke my heart. And I said, God, I will mentor the next generation of leaders. You can ask them. I've told them all, get ready because I am fired up. And whatever was, we're going to amp it up another level. We're going to have a prayer zone. We're going to do some things because I don't want to lose anymore. He, he drowned spiritually. He walked away. Why? I don't know. Maybe because everybody thought he was wonderful and fine and he didn't need a word of encouragement. He didn't need a prayer partner. He didn't need somebody to say, I saw what you were doing. I saw how you were looking. That's not good. Come here and let me pray with you. I'm not talking about judgment. The Holy Spirit convicts and reproves us. But I'm talking about doing life together. That is cultivating the covenant. Thank you. Hallelujah. Luke 12, 5 says, but I, Jesus talking, I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he was killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Jesus has the power to take the keys of death, hell, and the grave. But you got to give him Jesus. Amen.
Number three is we must love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. Jude 22 and 23. If you want to read the Bible, you can read a whole book in one chapter. Jude. It says, on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. It's an honor and a privilege. I hear those kids over there. We're making sure they love Jesus. They love to worship. They remember the memory verse. They remember that they are living proof and Jesus is the living God. Number four, obedience is evidence of our covenant with Jehovah. Obedience is evidence of our covenant with Jehovah. Number five, missions, evangelism, sharing Jesus with others. It deepens your walk. The first time you share your story, suddenly, the first time you pray with somebody, you go, wow, this is cool. It deepens your walk. And verse six, I mean, the sixth one is that he gives us the power to share our witness with the power of the Holy Spirit. He's not asking you to do it by yourself. He gave you his word. He gave you his guidebook. And then he said, hey, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to leave this Holy Spirit with you. And guess what? I raised the dead. I opened blind eyes. I healed uh, lame legs. But greater works than these shall you do because I've gone to the Father and you have received the Holy Spirit. What if God brought you here today to cause you to say, I wanna be full of the Holy Spirit because one day this week, somebody is gonna to come to you. They may have real blind eyes. They may have spiritual blind eyes. They may have real lame legs or may, they may have a lame, a, a broken walk with Christ. And he is saying, I want you to walk up to that friend and I want you to say, I can't fix it, but I know someone who can. Could I pray with you? Now, you may say a little quieter than I do, and I might say it quiet. I said it real quiet to the nine-year-old, believe it or not. I also want you to know about Jim Elliott really quickly because I want you to understand sacrifice is a privilege. We bring a sacrifice of praise as if we're checking it off. Sacrifice is a privilege. It's also my responsibility. This is a missionary named Jim Elliott. He was 28 years old. I know he's a handsome-looking man, I think. He's, not, he's with Jesus now. At 28 years old, when he flew with several others into a remote tribal area of Ecuador to share Jesus, they took this picture. But he was also 28 years old when upon the second landing into that region of people he came to share Jesus with, him and the people with him were killed by the tribal warriors. He went into that place knowing these people don't know the love of God. They don't know the peace of Jesus Christ. And he went back saying, we're not done. We got to tell them again. And his life was taken. On January 9th, 1956, while making, attempting to make contact with the people. Um, so this was when he was 28 years old. Jim and four other missionaries were speared to death slain by those who they came to minister. And Eliot's most famous words are written in his journal entry in October, just a few months, years later. said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. People with a mission have a great expectation that he will be Jehovah Jireh. People with a mission embrace the two-way covenant with Jehovah. As David Livingstone said, God, send me anywhere. Only go with me. I want you to stand all over this room. And I want you to know as the worship team comes, we call this 
an altar area. If you're new, you might not understand that, but I like to call it a prayer zone. This is a safe space. This is a place where we move. Maybe you're not going to pack your coffin and go to somewhere across an ocean, but maybe God is saying, I want you to move your feet. I want you to make a step forward. I want you to make a commitment to be in covenant with me. This isn't missions, just I love pictures and food and everybody else cooking. I love all that. But it's not about that. It's about giving Jesus to someone and giving you everything I can possibly give you from the word of God, from the Holy Spirit, so that you will be empowered to be a witness in whatever situation that you're in. He will provide you with health and with dreams and with resource. He will provide you with opportunities that look like obstacles so that only with him will his glory be revealed. He will provide you with his word to guide you. He will provide you with the reward of eternal value. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Last Sunday, 15 people in two services in this house raise their hand to say I want Jesus to be in charge of my heart I haven't given all of me to him today I'm asking you do you need to be in a two way covenant with Jesus I'm going to ask you two questions you need to be in a two way covenant with Jesus if you do and you want that covenant to be stronger I want you to raise your hand all over this house thank you I need that two way covenant Pastor Jen I need it to be stronger than it's been I see your hands God sees it. I need that two-way covenant. I need the strength of the two-way covenant. He sees that. He sees your honesty. He sees your openness to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us to pray. Pray with me. All over this room, pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to take all of me. I make you Lord. Forgive me for any disobedience, for any doubt. Help me to trust you. To serve you, to turn from wickedness, to turn from wickedness, and to follow you, and to follow you all the days of my life. The days of my in the name of Jesus, lift your hands and give God praise. Hallelujah! 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 And now I'm going to invite you to make a move. They're going to sing, and I want to invite you. I know we got a couple minutes. There's a class that can leave. Feel free to leave and go. Praise the Lord. I am so very thankful that every time we hear the word of the Lord, he does something in our hearts and minds. So I want to invite you right now. Maybe there's been something in your life that has pulled you away from the love of Christ. Maybe you didn't remember that you are loved by God, that you are the proof that he is with you. And so right now, I invite you to pray with me that Jesus would take control of every area and give everything back to God. Stop holding on to it. Put it in his hands and let him take care of it. So I invite you right now to pray this prayer with me to make Jesus number one in every aspect of your life. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it right there. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now, to take control of every area of my life. I give you all my fears, all my doubts, all my mistakes. I receive your forgiveness, Lord. I receive your new mercy. And from this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will cling to Jesus.
In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I also want to pray with those who have, are in need of a miracle. We have seen, really, the lame walk, the blind eyes open. We have seen prodigals come back home. And maybe today you've been watching online and you just waited till this last prayer because you needed the move of God in your family, in your situation, in your circumstance. I want you to know that as we pray, the power of the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. The angels in heaven are standing on guard and the Lord says, send them over there. Send them over there. Put a shield around that one. So agree with me right now for your miracle in motion. God is doing it. I want your faith to come alive. I don't want you to doubt or wonder if God sees you or hears you because he does. So Father, right now, I pray in the name of Jesus that that everyone who calls ICF Rome online and on campus, their church, that they would know they're not alone. They're a part of this family of faith where people are praying for them around the world, across the seas. I pray for the one who needs cancer healed. I pray for the one who needs diabetes healed. I pray for the one whose shoulders and hips are having joint and bone problem in the name of Jesus. I pray for the one who has turmoil in their family, that the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension would flow in that home right now, Lord God. You know the circumstances. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Emmanuel, God with us. So I want you to agree with me. You are my Jehovah Emmanuel. You are my Jehovah Rapha, my healer. You are my Jehovah Shalom, my peace. You are Jehovah Emmanuel. You are with me. So God, I bless your people. I pray that as we go into our workplaces, our learning places, our family places, that we would walk in with a new joy, a new hope, and a new peace that God's got this, and I am the living proof that God is at work. I love you. I thank you for being a part of all that we're doing here. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for the ways that you participate on Wednesdays and on Sundays. I love you. I pray you have safe travel wherever you're moving around, and that we'll see you next week online.